And Uranus is about 14 and a half. (laughs) 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 Excuse me. Anyway, so do you want me to start? I don't know, Darren. Do you want to start? I don't need you to. You know what you're doing, right? Because last time we last time we ended this, yeah, you had said it was just I don't know, it'll be random. So, so what exactly are we doing today, good sir? Oh, I'm just gonna be like, good morning, everyone. We are the Casual Collective. Today, I will be handling um, the possibility of ninth planet in our solar system, referred to as Planet X. And um, oh, does does Elon Musk own it? And just to make sure, we're not talking about Pluto or Ceres, right? Nah, like an actual proper planet because those two are yeah, it's, no, it's in that. It's even Pluto by other no, no, Pluto is still a dwarf planet because I'm pretty sure they were like, oh, it's a dwarf planet. Nah, it's a real planet again. And then they if, went, and then they went, nah, it's a dwarf planet. Yeah, because. Oh, I saw it before. It's it's because it it doesn't meet one of the standards. Like it meets every other standard, but one of the standards is um, maintaining its own orbit. Like it. Oh, what is the wording? I didn't take that down though, because I was like, yeah. Everybody knows Pluto is not a freaking planet. Well, it, it's it's because it's it's, it's, it's Pluto is smaller than Earth's moon, right? But it still orbits the sun uh, very erratically. Yeah, it, it, it's a stellar body that has so little mass that it's not quite a planet, but it's also too large to just call it a fucking asteroid. Uh, yeah, okay, I guess dwarf planet. So, a dwarf planet asteroid. would be uh, generous, but... Mega asteroid! Here we go. Mega asteroid, so, anyway. in 2006, the International Astronomical Union created an official definition for solar system objects to be considered planets. This definition excluded Pluto because it hasn't cleared the neighborhood around its orbit. Meaning like it's, that it's, it's mass is sustainably less than the total mass of other objects in its orbit. So it has to have like the most mass in the orbit it's occupying. So it's because right. of the moons and okay. crap around it, not yeah, it's a dwarf. Well, <laughs> so is that like um? Because I know that Jupiter's got moons that are quite sizable, but, yeah, but I guess Jupiter's because... massive though compared yeah. to them. But because those moons are orbiting Jupiter, they're not mm. counted as planets, even though they are technically orbiting the sun as well. No. No, they're moons because they orbit Jupiter because you know, Jupiter is the main mass and then the moons you know, orbit Jupiter even though some of the moons apparently look like pretty good from like a secular point of view like some of them think like they're possibly like not terraform but would be able to, you know, have bases on them. Yeah, I think there's what is it? Europa and Io are like pretty good candidates because Europa's like all ice. Yeah, so you'd Does... be able to make you'd have mm. some resources already present. Well, I mean, there's also you know there could be anything below that ice. 
Methane, well, it could be liquid solid methane ice. It could be. There. I don't know. Something. I remember I'm hearing that they did tests and it's like mostly water. I mean, so they were doing sp uh, what? Spectrograph? Spectography. I'm going to call it spectography because it analyzes the light that comes back from the object you're uh, scanning. And spectrography reported, if I remember correctly, mostly methane and some other gas gases um, were the primary um, elements on a couple of the moons. Mm. Well, so Pluto's really fucking tiny. Europa's covered in ice. Do we know what Planet X is like? Um, no, they've they do they have speculated though that's like three times larger than Earth. And its mass is like ten times that of Earth's. So it's really Wait, fucking dense. What? Yeah, and it does have like an eccentric orbit. Well, eccentric orbit in the sense that um, the way it's tilted when it spins, they think it's like on a point zero degree hmm. tilt. We've got another planet that's like that. It might be Uranus or something where it's like not... It's not oh, Uranus! The other well, Uranus is wicked. It's like at a ninety-degree <laughs> angle or some shit. Yeah, and right. actually, the whole point of them thinking there's planet a planet nine is because <laughs> of Uranus's orbit. Mm. Because what? So the X doesn't stand for ten or anything because it's like the ninth planet. But no, nah, it's it's kind of like Planet X in like the sense that like it's like ooh, it's yeah, maybe no. there, it's maybe not. Mm, yeah, yeah, it's just for the memes. Okay. So yeah. Anyway, just for everybody else, I'll just start it from the beginning, just yeah. in case. Tell but us okay. about Planet X. Yeah, so pretty much in our solar system, we have Mercury, Venus, Earth, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, and Neptune. Now, Saturn doesn't exist. That's a conspiracy. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there have been speculations of a ninth planet in our solar system. Um, this have, which has been present since um, Uranus's orbit showed unexpected irregularities when they first discovered it. So pretty much when they found the planet, they are like, okay, this is how big it is, this is this orbit. And as they tracked it, it didn't follow the expected path. So they're like going, huh, okay, what's going on here? Because everything has to follow. Um, well, pretty much everything is governed by the size of the sun and the size of Uranus and then the distance between them, Jupiter and Saturn, which are the largest planets that are also close to Uranus. Which so ought they, were to... at it. they were looking at it and they were like, alright, this is what it should do. Yeah, this is what it should it. do. And then as they followed it, like the difference they said wasn't major, but for astrologers, it was significant because at the time um, they based every and I'm pretty sure they still do, they still base everything off Newton's law of gravitation. And as far as they knew, if Newton's law of gravitation was, you know, correct, correct 
but Uranus wasn't following that. They were concerned that is Newton's law of gravitation <laughs> wrong? Is there something else? Like, what's going on? So, in 1846... Like, oh. Yeah, go ahead. So, yeah, they're like, either it's wrong or there's a, another variable that is out there somewhere, like maybe another gravitational see. pull or something like that. Yeah, well, that's that's pretty much what they came to. Then they're another like, well, there's got another be, yeah, another external force affecting its orbit that we don't know of. So then, in 1846, Neptune was discovered, and it largely fixed that error in Neptune's orbit because it pulls on net on um, it pulls on Uranus as well. But even after finding Neptune. It didn't lie, like it still didn't quite fix the calculated orbit of Uranus. So in 1906, after extensive calculations, they actually found they predicted the possible orbit and location of a hypothetical planet nine and began searching for it. And this was, um, this was. Done by. I should have actually written that down. It doesn't. Yeah, you should have. Yeah, I was dumb. I was actually dumb. I should have. That's written that that's down. normal for you, though. But anyway, it whichever first. Here we go. First postulated by um George Forbes. So he he was the one who was like, oh, I believe this could be the possible location and. This could be the possible, you know, where this planet could be. So 1930, a high school kid under the name of Clyde Tom Burr, who was living in Illinois, actually discovered the hypothetical Planet Nine, which was actually Pluto at the time. So Pluto... Which is, is that why now considered X is planet ten. No, no, they, they still. At the time. Yeah, at the time, at that time, they still thought maybe a planet ten. But after another like forty years of looking into it, so in nineteen seventy-eight. Um. Well, yeah, pretty much until until nineteen seventy-eight, they just went okay. It was Pluto. And that was it. Nobody looked for it anymore because they're like, oh, that that pretty much explains it. <laughs> yeah. Or good they're like, good enough. Good enough. We don't we don't need to keep looking, this works for us. But in um nineteen seventy eight, Pluto was not a planet X as its mass was too low to cause the irregularities. Which would make sense because Pluto is small as like it's more likely that Pluto would get pulled by Uranus's orbit than it would pull on, you know, than it would pull on it. Yeah. Every time we say Uranus is pulling Pluto. God damn it. God damn it. I have to stop right. myself from flapping out loud too much. There's gotta be another word for that planet, please. <laughs> so obviously that um, planet X, mm. yeah, you said it was three times Earth's size and ten times the density. Do you know the density of 
um, Uranus or, or Neptune yeah. or something like that. So, like, because in order for it to affect the orbit of Uranus, it's it's, it's got to be, you know, pretty pretty strong gravity. But you know, is it strong compared to Uranus or just? Oh, like, you uh, mean like is it? Well, it's more that um now they don't really consider the fact that like back then they thought this planet nine was affecting Uranus's orbit, but it was actually just mostly Neptune and the bodies around it that were causing the issues. Like it was just that finding Uranus, they then went, okay, why is this orbit so, you know? Yeah. Well, so eccentric, but like overly eccentric. Well, for the knowledge that they had anyway of it. Like they, as far as they knew, it shouldn't have been like that. But once they found Neptune and once they found Pluto, that pretty much fixed the orbit of like their calculations. Yeah, that pretty much explained it. It wasn't really um, now an option that Planet X existed until um, more recent discoveries were made. So. I think it was, so in 2004, the discovery of Sedna, a dwarf planet in the outer reaches of our solar system, and its, and its peculiar orbit, again, led to speculation of Planet X, where several authors proposed that Sedna entered its orbit after encountering a massive body such as the known, unknown planet in a distant orbit. So now, now once again to the 2000s, that's where people... In our with our better technology, we start looking at like past Neptune, or a lot further out. Um, and that's where we start finding more like actual irregularities that would that would pretty much be explained if there was a ninth planet in our solar system in a massive orbit that has enough mass to attract all these other bodies. Hmm. So it was pretty much it was pretty much in 2012 Rodney Gomes proposed that the undetected planet was responsible for some ETMOs which is pretty much an acronym for anything outside of Neptune's orbit so I'm pretty sure yeah pretty much it stands for I didn't even say what it stands for. It, it just stands for anything outside of Neptune's orbit that they find. That's its own object and has the orbit around the sun. Extrasolar, right? Sorry? What was that? What, what, what was the the word? ETNO. It's not ETNO. a... It's an acronym. So it ends Neptune's orbit... Well, N is no, is that Neptune's orbit? I just can't remember what ET was, but like X, X like it was something terrestrial, Neptune's orbit, and I just went. So all that is pretty much saying is anything outside outside of Neptune's orbit is classified as an ETNO, which is pretty weird. Yeah, it was actually hard to find. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, when Cause you I'm start looking, looking for, up... And I'm finding, uh, fucking... 
like it's hydraulic motors. Me. Yeah. <laughs> Am I finding hydraulic motors? Here, let me see if I can find it. <laughs> oh, oh, hold on. I'm, I'm on the NASA.gov website right now. Uh, let's see. Beyond our solar system. Because in my head, anything past Neptune is technically reaching extrasolar in that hmm. they are almost outside of our solar system, but not quite. Yeah, well, they're still part of our solar system because they're still yeah. drawn in by the sun's gravitational forces. So, you know, it's just that most of that stuff out there, like in the Kessler belt, is all asteroids or dwarf planets, and they don't have much to do with well, what we... Well, didn't find anything on uh, solarsystem.nasa.gov, so... <laughs> no, no. It could have like, been just limited to a paper. No, I literally, it, yeah, no, it's it's used in a couple of my, here we go, it was, um, it's something, like, I don't comment, but it's, I, it's something, it's E-Trans-Neptunian planet, or, um, like, I can't remember, don't know what the E stands for, actually, but it is, like, it's E-Trans-Neptunian planet, well, not planet, but. Neptunian orbit. Yeah, I'm only Extra... finding you know. Extra-traditional yeah. Neptunian planet? Yeah. yeah, well, orbit. orbit it's yeah. still an NO, so it'd be... Extreme trans-Neptunian object. Yeah, there you go. Extreme trans-Neptunian object. Yeah, I... That's yeah, that's... one hell of a mouthful. Yeah, that's so where I just anything went. that orbits the sun beyond Neptune. Yeah, exactly. Makes it easier to understand that way. It's just like anything outside of Neptune's orbit, ETNO. <laughs> and yeah, anything beyond Neptune that still orbits the sun. Yeah. Yeah, Which it's got to include... be part of our solar system. It can't just be. Yeah, so that would include Planet X, though, and also. Pluto, yeah. I guess. Well, maybe, maybe once they find Planet X. If they, if it is there, they will change the understanding of, you know, maybe so that. All they, have, all they have is that this is where it should be, and this is what it should be in terms of size and mass and density. Well, and like there's been some, some studies and some um, simulations done that shows like until ten million years into our formation of the solar system. Um, this planet X was, um, uh, where was it? It was, like, between, like, Saturn and Uranus? Or Jupiter and Saturn? So is it moving out, or is it... Yeah, it, well, it got, it got shot out of its orbit between Jupiter and Saturn, and now it's in, like, that massive 10,000, 20,000 year orbit. That right. they've predicted. Which, really? You know, so it's sort yeah. of going out on a spiral. Well, it's not really a like, spiral. Like, is it getting further away? No, no. It, if, if it is in an orbit now, it's in a fixed orbit. It was just initially, it was a lot closer to the sun, like next to Saturn. And then oh, it could have been in an odd orbit where it crossed over Saturn's path and then because Saturn's bigger oh, than it, it shot. Yeah. It shot it out. But 
Planet X. According to the simulations they've done, which aren't exactly, you know, perfect. It's all just based off calculations and stuff they think happened. It does explain some of the inconsistencies and the stuff that... So pretty much in the stuff that's inconsistent, in 2014, astronomers Tad Trujillo and Scott S. Shepard noted the similarities in the orbits of Sedna and some of the major um, centaurs and other like asteroid bodies outside of Neptune's orbit. Um, they were found to like even there's clustering happening where instead of asteroids being like pulled in by the sun and orbiting evenly, there'd be like areas where they'd cluster all together as if they're getting pulled in together by something else. Um, like by a freaking dark matter. Nah, nah. Well, that's where they think Planet X is, like, this big and has this much mass. Because if it was there, well, then would it be, you know, it'd be applying, as it's gone round, it would have applied some sort of pull on these asteroid bodies to move them together. Or if you fling them all around as it passes by instead. Well, if they, they, yeah, but that's... But that's if it got close enough oh. in the first place. Like, if it wasn't close enough for it to put enough force on them to fling them away, they'd still have been attracted to its gravity because of how far out they are, and then would have moved in together. And so that's where they've gone, and they've seen Sender's orbit. They've seen the orbits of these asteroids outside of Neptune's orbit in the Kessler belt. And they've then gone. There's enough evidence to suggest that there's this massive planet in an extreme orbit around the sun that when it has come around, it's coming around close enough to these asteroids to pull them all and cluster them together. So pretty much like in 2019, they had a total... Of like 14 objects that they'd been able to find that, yeah, that they were tracking that had these orbits that suggested that there's this planet that's come through and either drawn to them together or tilted them towards this massive planet. Get that. So what does this mean for us? Um, oh, it'd just be like, cool. It doesn't really make... Like, it doesn't really mean anything, like, life-changing for us, but, like, in the astrology field, people would be pretty excited once they found it. Is it astrology or astronomy? Astronomy. Astronomy. Astrology's the... Wolf yeah, shooter. astrology's the... Oh, I'm a Gemini. Oh, I'm a uh, Scorpio and all this other jazz. So yeah, is, is there like a, a competition between astronomers to see who can actually locate it? Oh, there is a little bit. Like when I was looking through this, you've got different authors bringing up their, well, different astronomers bringing up their hypotheses against one another. Like first was 
you know, in 2014 was Chad Trujillo and then Scott S. Shepard. And now in 2021, the most recent um, reanalyzed data is done by Bat- Batajin and Brown. That's all I have on their names. The people are sort of continually contributing to the discovery of Planet X, but no one's actually located it definitively. No, no, nobody's actually located it definitively. And then that could come down to like the makeup of the planet. It might not reflect a lot of sun and be harder to find in that is sense. It, or is it even there? I guess is something else you got to think about. Well, exactly. Is it, is it even anomaly? there? Yeah, exactly. It could be another anomaly that's causing all these inconsistencies, but it, it more comes down to that because of the clustering, orbital clustering, clustering observed, there remains like, as far as they're concerned, the California Institute of Technologies, um, research into it. There's like a 99% chance that it is that because when the planet there, yeah, that there's an actual planet there in like a ten thousand to twenty thousand year orbit. Okay, so I did manage to find Brown's paper. Uh, Mike Brown and uh, Constantine Batyagin's paper. Yep, and That's I'll just it. post it in here. It's really fucking scientifically dense. It's very yeah, dense. it's massively dense. You you might want to look for the pretty pictures, but the TLDR is that there is a probability of it being somewhere in the sky from where we could see, and we just have to figure out, okay, where in this probability belt is it right now as it's doing and, its orbit? Well, can you just... You can't just grab a telescope and start looking, though, can you? Well, and, yeah, that's what they do. Not as a but... backyard scientist, but professionally, maybe. Yeah, because if it's on like a ten to twenty thousand year orbit, it's gonna if it's right at the end of its orbit all the way as far out as it can go, you know that be stagnant for a bit. Yeah, it and it's again. and it's gonna be pretty like that's pretty far. Like, in, do we have any I, numbers like, on exactly how far they think it is? Yeah, so they talk about it being like, what is it? Like four hundred to five hundred AU. Astronomical astronomical units is what AU yes, means. Yes, astronomical <laughs> units. I reckon we should we like should that. um swap kilometers per hour and miles per hour with uh, AUs per hour. Sure, Troy. <laughs> so I think I think we should do uh, cars should be measured in nautical miles. Oh my god. Uh, one astronomical <coughs> is fucking massive. It's hard to put into words just how massive one astronomical unit is. What is one? But you can put it in numbers. Well, I think yeah, I put think it in numbers. Four hundred astronomical units is like ten thousand years in there. In some like yeah, well, more like of its okay. orbit. One astronomical unit is the distance from the sun to the Earth in a straight line. That is one astronomical unit. So, so it's eight yes. minutes. Well, if you're going eight, at light speed, eight light minutes. Yeah, yeah. So, how far away is Neptune from the sun? Well, how many astronomical units is Neptune from the sun? Then, if that's yeah, but even if you're going off that, like, depends on the speed it's moving too. 
like built up the stick speeds and all that shenanigans. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of calculation to go into that. I'm not talking about but, how long it would take to get there. I just mean like, what is the distance from the sun that this planet X is? Or is well, they, they're they're hypothesizing like to the most modern calculations, it's either 300 to 520 AU. So astronomical right. units. So yeah, because they don't actually know it could be anywhere within that range. Yeah. Which is With pretty a perillion of um, 240 to 385 and an orbital inclination so of 16 the, and a mass of like... In terms of pure distance, the Earth to the Sun is 150 million kilometers, more or less. Mm. So if I do... Even if you go off the highest one, 520. Yeah, let's say that it's at the max. That is 78 billion kilometers away. Yeah. Oh, that's just um, a walk in the park. Yeah, which, I mean, that's... Ah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so, like, it's far. It is It is not close at all. Uh, it's closer than Lights the corner at that store. point would be very hard to find reflecting off an object. We would be better served using background uh, light emitting objects in the background to identify where the planet X has passed. Yeah, and also because of Blacken and Brown's study, they've also got like a hypothesized path the planet would take to affect the astrological bodies around it that they've observed. As it goes and then the warp cloud and the Kuiper belt and stuff like that. Yeah, and they've pretty much figured out its path. So, I, they, I, there is like a higher chance of finding it now because at least they've got something to work off and they have an idea of its path. If it's there, and if it being there is causing the irregularities they're observing outside of Neptune. But they sound pretty confident, especially in their paper. They're like, yeah, it's there. They're pretty much going, it's there, it's where we say it is. But then, like, anybody says that about their own research because it's like, you don't want to be like, ah, well, maybe. <laughs> they can't Sorry. definitively prove it yet, but once they get eyes on it, they can then start making extrapolations from what they initially observed to be like, okay, it's roughly within this orbital path. Oh, uh, yeah. We'll just observe it for longer, and eventually one day we'll find it ourselves. From the quick math that I've done, the distance, so it was 78 billion kilometers from the sun to this uh, proposed planet X. Yeah. That's not even 1% of a light year, though. So, yeah. If we have, if we do figure out faster than light speed or traveling at the speed of light, it's, you know, it's going to take us maybe, maybe a week to get Oh, there. yeah. It, like, even. honestly, let, let's just say, like, we keep going into the future and it gets to, like, Star Trek point. You know, even yeah. if we get to, like, that point. Like, I mean, it'd be easy as hell because they. Yeah, because they just throw out freaking, like, you'd, you'd imagine, like, later on we'll have scanners that pick up on bodies around itself, and it wouldn't take long for them to figure out what's around our solar system plus the solar systems within, you know, a light year or a couple of light years away. So, yeah. 
still incredibly far. I think people tend to underestimate how big a light year is. But I mean, oh yeah, it is. It is like pretty uh, so far that in modern technology, by the time you got to the place you left for, you'd be dead. <laughs> Seventy-eight billion kilometers in miles uh-huh. is. Uh, Oh, Jesus, what even is that? Like, 48? I think? Something like that? Throw the number into the collective chat. Come on. Don't don't keep the dumb American out of the loop. I don't know these meters and kilometers. Keep the dumb American out of the loop. He doesn't deserve it. Uh, Let's see. 100,000, 100,000, million. So 48,466,952,994.512 miles. Jesus Christ. Well, they're about. That's like at its potential maximum. Like that's. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's pretty far. That's pretty far. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, mate, it's it's, if, it's really far. If we far wanted out. to reach that planet in a timely manner, we would need to be a type two class of uh, civilization, in that we are able to, you know, use the entirety of our solar system's resources. To get a Dyson sphere, that's what we need. Well, no. Why no, stop no, at one? <laughs> because inter, uh, intergalactic? No, not intergalactic. Inter. Stellar, intrasolar is for in in interior. Intra intrasolar is interior travel within our solar system. Interstellar travel is between two different stellar uh, bodies, which would be two different suns. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Let's hold on. I think that's about right. Intrasolar travel. Yeah, so there's intrasolar, which would be within our solar system, and then uh, intersolar. Because intrasolar would be between two different solar solar systems. Mm. Solar systems being sun systems. Because yeah. some suns don't have anything. Some suns no. are just balls of gas alone in the void. Balls yeah. of gas alone in the void. There's a whole yeah. song... The sun is a mass of incandescent gas, a gigantic nuclear furnace. It's it's by the they might be giants. Yeah, but then those suns are like going to be perfect for us to harvest in the end, like make they like would be yeah sun harvesting generators. There's nothing around it that to be affected. So you just chuck a generator. Yeah, yeah, just chuck a Dyson sphere around it and then be like boom. Infinite or just energy. Coronal mass ejections as they come off the star. If you can't do that for whatever reason. Having a planet would still be a good way to have an anchor point, or like, or a base of some kind. Nah, so you, you have just to worry about Lagrange points instead. You'd have like a big factory base creating batteries and crap out of all the energy because you wouldn't be able to like unless there's like a way to wirelessly transmit energy later on in life. I mean, but, lasers. Um, yeah, but you still have to deal. You would still have to deal with the square cubed law, which would have. Issues as time well, that's, goes on. That's where I just go. There'd be like massive factories around it creating like spaceship batteries. Who knows what? 
or so, like a big a battery big enough to power a city for a year, and they just charge it up off the sun. <laughs> based on um, power with extra steps, it sounds like. We <laughs> so based on Planet X. What? Yeah. I mean, we know about sort of how big it is, how far away it's supposed to be, how long its orbit is, how dense it is. Hypothetically, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's, yeah, yeah. What do you think it would be like if, like, if it is discovered and with like concrete eyes on there? It is. Oh, they think. What do you think not, it'll be like? They think it's like a gaseous planet. Ah, so sort of like, like Neptune. Yeah. Or Neptune. Yeah, so they think it's like a gaseous planet, but then again, like, you know, it could be anything. It's really dense, though. You don't think that a planet that's mostly gas... Well, yeah. Well, exactly. They're going... There's a lot of mass. That's what Saturn is. Saturn is mostly gas, but it's really fucking dense and really fucking big. It's also really big. That's the thing. Well, Well, it is saying, like, it's saying it's at least, you know, three times bigger than Earth. That's still pretty big. It's not... I don't think it's Saturn sizes yet, but... What's I actually actually I didn't even think of doing that. Like, what's the difference between Saturn what's and the, Earth? What's the difference between Earth and uh, Saturn? Like, Earth has a an average radius of about six hundred. Uh, sorry, six thousand three hundred seventy one kilometers, give or take. Mm. Right. Um. Okay, that's the radius. Our circumference is forty thousand seventy five kilometers, roughly speaking. Yeah. And uh, our mass is, you know what? This is actually kind of hard to put into numbers. Well, the, uh, to, to numbers. they've got, they actually have a term for that, which is ronograms. Ronograms. Uh, ronograms. So the Earth is six ronograms. Yep. Um, what that is in tons or kilograms, I couldn't say because it is absolutely uh, astronomical math, but. Just going, just going by ronograms, I guess. Yep. Um, so we've got planet X would be sixty ronograms. Mm-hmm. On the high side, um, yeah. And Uranus is about ninety. Oh yes, it... one ronogram is one to the power of twenty-four kilograms. Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> Pretty massive. So, <laughs> yeah. if you're looking at Uranus, yeah. Uranus is probably about 1.5 times the mass of Planet X. Like it's one and a half Planet X's heavy, big, or whatever the dense. Just in terms of mass. So yeah. If, if but in terms of size, I mean, because that's the thing. If Planet X is you know, ten times is um three times mass of about what? ten times of Earth. Uh, that's what, but yeah, if, if if Planet X is two thirds the mass of Uranus, but only half the size, then it's obviously denser. Yeah, yeah. but then uh, also I mean, also it could not be; it could just be bigger. Like this is all hypothetical, you know, jargon. <laughs> that we're not In quite reality. certain of exactly how it looks and how much bigger it is. Yeah, you know, it'll be bigger than the Earth. So it may be That's... similar in size to Uranus or Neptune, but it's only about two thirds the density, or two thirds the mass. So, I mean, that's that's yeah, that's, that makes sense if it's mostly yeah. gas. Yeah. Well, that's probably why. Or it could also be all liquid gas. It could all be all liquid instead because liquids are heavier than gases. Yeah. And 
despite, you know, Saturn being a gas giant, most of its mass actually comes from the fact that it has a gaseous layer on top, as well as a liquid layer, and then underneath a iron core, or a nickel core. Well, I'm not quite sure exactly. pretty much what they go is, given the planet's estimated mass of roughly 6.2 M Earth, so 6.2 Rs, its composition is likely to be a sub-Neptunian core made of ice and rock surrounded by hydrogen and helium-rich envelope. So, so it's about the same size as Uranus or Neptune, but it's only about two-thirds the mass. So it's yeah, it's, it's light. It's not quite... It's, it's, it's a lesser density. I mean, so for, for context, Neptune is about uh, 17.1-odd Earths for mass. Mm-hmm. And Uranus is... I'm looking for your... Its mass is about 14 and a half Earths. Mass. Yeah. So, like, there's... Yeah, so it, it's right not right. too inconceivable to... It's not entirely impossible that the planet can be a little bit more, but be smaller than... It's a little bit, it's a little bit lighter for the size. But, yeah. Yeah. A little yeah. bit lighter for the size, maybe, but still, I mean, Jupiter and Saturn are stupid big, and let's see what they have. Uh, Jupiter and Crystal compared, <laughs> compared to Jupiter's planets with a similar size, Planet oh X is a little bit lighter. Yeah, but that, again, a hypothetical. Yeah, don't we don't know. That's, that's what they're supposing. Yeah, but if there's something that size, it's more the mass really that matters to how yeah, it affects and, and gravity than more the size. Size isn't could, really. Could a planet of only two thirds the mass of Uranus really affect it that much? Well, it's not Especially really a whether it's affecting Uranus, it's more how it's affecting the ETNOs outside of the orbit. Like, pretty right. much the evidence for it, in the like nowadays, that they're so. Cons- is the clustering of the orbits of the ETNOs because something has to draw them together. And they don't know what it is, so that's where they're going. Hypothetical ninth planet does its orbit as it orbits, it comes past these ETNOs and clusters them together because its gravity pulls them in, but not enough to keep them following it or to make them come out of... Of where it's already gone through. Yeah, pretty much the aftermath. Like, you know, when you walk through <clears> grass, you flatten grass because you've walked through it. Same thing, if a planet is... goes by, the smaller objects get drawn to it, and then once it's gone, they stay relatively close together. Is Planet X um, hypothesized to be the largest ETNO? Yeah, pretty much. That way you know of at this time. That we know of this time. They've like yeah. they've Probably found something else that we find just in a very slow and wide orbit. And then because of the um there's also the high perilia of objects like Sedna that are detached from Neptune's influence. So they're going, you know the way Sedna's angled as it orbit is caused by this planet X. There's also the high inclinations of ETNOs with orbits roughly perpendicular to the orbit of the eight known 
you know, roughly perpendicular to the orbit of the eight known planets and high inclination trans-Neptunian objects with a semi-major axis less than 100 AU. So I don't get how the high inclination trans-Neptunian orbits, but I guess, again, it's the same thing because inclination, from what I remember, is the angle they tilt at. So, so let's yeah, ask so you're almighty Google, or in this case, Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I'm looking through now. Yeah, making, I'm double-checking that, but I'm pretty sure inclination is the angle it sits on. And, and so instead with of a sitting, reference point to compare to. Well, like Earth. Earth is on a slight angle as it spins. Yeah. It doesn't stand like... It's not like it's at 90 degrees. It's like... 85 degrees or something. I can't remember actually what it's inclination is. So, inclination angles for most terrestrial observations and theories use Earth as the zero and then everything Uh, in reference to the Earth and its orbit around the sun. Okay. So, for example, Venus has an elliptic inclination of 3.39 degrees, whereas uh, for example, Neptune has uh, 1.77. Yeah, but is the inclination the way the planet tilts? Uh, It's actually the tilt of its... Okay, that's orbital inclination. That's that's what I was talking about. My bad. But there's two kinds of uh, inclination uh, in reference to the orbit as well as in reference to the planet's tilt. Well, we're we're talking about... Axis. Axis. Yeah. Yeah, and... Axial inclination. should be based off of... I'm pretty sure Earth once again... Where our inclination and the way we tilt, because we tilt, I think, like a couple degrees to the right. Yeah. If when I'm we're looking towards the well. sun. Mm. But, so, hold on. Don't look directly towards the sun. Tilt. That's bad for you. <laughs> no, we, tr- we tilt left, and it's in reference to our pole. So, like, assuming it was a zero degree inclination or t- axial tilt. Yeah. It would be just pointing straight up and rotating straight up. Yeah. But Earth has it'd a be like a degree. Rotation. Yeah, like if it's a spinning ball, it'd be straight up off the ground in a nice 90 degree angle. But because yeah. it tilts, it's like an 110 angle or an 80 degree angle that spins on if you're using and a flat surface looks, as a. And it looks like the tilt is in reference, is using our orbital. Plane as a reference for determining tilt. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah, it's very it's hard to figure it out. It is. It is a lot of like mumbo jumbo. Any normal person be like, huh? But astronomers are like, yeah, we love this crap. <laughs> yeah. It, but point is that it uses uh, the orbital plane as a reference for making those determinations of, hey, this is how the axial tilt is and all this other jazz. At least, from what I can tell just by looking at all the information I have in front of me right now. Thank yeah. God for... So yeah, pretty much what I was saying as well before is because Planet Nine's so far away and would reflect little sunlight, that's again why we've, we still haven't really found it yet, because it's gonna... It's, it's Planet X. Ooh. Based off the apparent magnitude... It's going to make it, like, 600 times fainter than Pluto. 
So it's it's going to be six hundred times harder to find than Pluto. We we already had a hard time finding Pluto. We got some really nice pictures of Pluto only by getting really fucking close to it in the first yep. place. Like, and you know, well, we did find it. Well, but Pluto was found in the nineteen thirties, so we've definitely made. You know. I mean, the James yeah. Webb Telescope could probably take a look at it and be really accurate, but uh, the James Webb Telescope is dedicated to more interesting and exotic things to see out in space. Oh, yeah. Well, it'd still be interesting to know that there's oh, actually another yeah. planet part of our solar system. Mm, and depending but on it's, its a... orbital path, we would probably benefit from knowing exactly where it is, because just like with near-Earth orbit, objects, for example, space debris and stuff like that, uh, knowing where some things are going would be beneficial for long-term planning. Yeah, now but at the same time, like, once we get to that point, once we get to that point, we probably would have found it by then. Well, hopefully. Hopefully. And, and like, eventually, like, even if we do nothing, eventually it's going to come back to the sun. <laughs> yeah, just in 10,000 to 20,000 years, possibly. Yeah. Yeah, so just just <laughs> wait, bro. <laughs> that's like at least a hundred generations of humans. Well, I mean, you look at um, how long ago the Stone Age was. I mean, that's probably pretty close. Oh yeah, uh, pretty close to to ten thousand years. I have to double check that, but it's so, only been know. about six hundred generations between us and the Stone Age. Yeah, so you're probably looking at, you know, all of recorded history uh, on top of itself again, and then we'll be back to where we are now. Yeah. Assuming we don't nuke ourselves to the Stone Age first. Yeah, that's what I mean. So, like, by the time that we end up back in the Stone Age, and then we end up back where we are now... (laughs) I love that that's just a given that, yeah, we might go back to the Stone Age. That's terrible! But by the time that we redevelop telescopes, we'll be back in exactly the same conundrum we're in now. Mm. Or yeah, so- we won't even we won't even be the ones needing to worry about it. It'll be someone else's problem or some other newly evolved humanoid's problem. Imagine that ten thousand years from now, the fucking sentient humanoid cockroaches that survived the nukes are gonna be sitting around <laughs> going, Man, Planet X, I wonder what that is. Yeah, uh, probably. We found it in some old hard drives. But it's going to take a same technology somehow. It's going to take a while to find because they've already tried using the Subaru telescope, and they've pretty much come to the conclusion we're going to need multiple spacecraft to find this. <laughs> yeah, telescope. that doesn't surprise me. So oh, they're like, going to go out there and search for it in its local area, like well, along its proposed there. path. You know, right. we don't know gonna... where it's along in that proposed path, which is the problem. We would, if it was near our solar system, we could at least we'll be like, wait okay, for the we satellite see to grow things around. Yeah, you, you, <laughs> yeah. you send yeah. the satellite out, then it's like, right, if we wait for a, like up to 10,000 years, the planet's just going to crash into our satellite and then we'll know it's real. <laughs> yeah. So, no, nah, I, I, I don't know. I don't think we're going to be finding it very soon, honestly. Because who's look, what sort of like who's gonna like invest multiple spacecraft into finding like a mysterious ninth planet in our solar system? Like that's just not as important. And that's as other stuff. That's the other thing too is that I think about it and I go, yeah, we may never find it, but like, who really cares? It's it's just another Neptune. Like, it, yeah, okay, cool. It'd be cool to find it, but that's not really 
But you don't know, it might have like really valuable resources on it and it could be like, by the time it gets close enough for us to interact with, we could like mine it for all it's got. Yeah, but that's a pretty, pretty off chance, you know, like I guess no one's going to be investing into discovering oh. this, this planet X on the off chance that it's valuable. Nah. No, it's it's a given that it will have valuable resources. The pro- question is, how much do you want to invest a logistics chain following a ten to 20,000 fucking year orbit? Well, depends how good we are. We might have warp gates by then and it doesn't matter. Yeah, fair enough, but the point still stands is that object is moving really fucking fast. So, Well, really fast near the sun. Once it relative gets to the sun, out, yeah. Once it once gets, it gets further, further out, out because it'll be at its periapsis, and yeah. once it closest to the sun, it'll be at its apoapsis, where it's at the fastest part of its orbit. Yeah, so as it, they get closer to the sun, they will move faster. Yeah, so it'll go around the sun pretty quickly, but the further out it gets, the slower it gets, and therefore, you know, it's not moving that fast, far away. And again, if we have warp gates, who cares? Just warp. Isn't it so when there. it gets close to the sun, does it come within the orbit of other planets? Um, does it, does it definitely get in the then... outer solar system. Let's see. Yeah. If I, I did it, find it go back other... in between Neptune and Saturn. It, there is like a proposed orbit. Because, like, yeah, in 10,000 years when it comes back, like, what's that going to fuck with? Well, really, it should hopefully fuck with nothing. Apart Direct from all the, hit! Apart from all the ones outside of Neptune, like, all those smaller objects, but as far as the planets are concerned, it shouldn't affect any of the... You... Well, I think so... I mean, they're usually far enough apart, these planets. Yeah, that like, they don't they're... pull on one another too much. Plus, they're all at different stages in their orbit as well. Yeah, exactly. Like, it'd be really... Like, const... It'd be really... Because as far as I can see, it kind of, like, goes through all the orbits of the... Like, it... the All, all our planets kind of, like, orbit in the same sort of ring, more yeah. or less. But it um, only really intersects because it's elliptical. It, yeah. It's only, like, on the same... Uh, if you think of it like a 2D surface, it really only intersects with the orbits of all the other planets briefly. Well, it really goes in the middle of, um... Like, our orbit, actually. Like, right through the guts. Hmm. So, I mean, as long as we don't happen to be in that part of our orbit, Earth is probably going to be fine. Oh no, Earth will be fine because it's from their proposed orbit, it goes like right through the middle. So you got the ring, it goes like nearly right through the middle of the ring. So, unless it's, you know, so big it's going to draw Earth in from yeah, the middle of not. its orbit. Not if it's yeah, only it was... Neptune sized. Yeah, exactly. If it's Neptune, if it is the size they're saying it is, it's not going to affect us at all. Unless it's unlikely to infect us, but like never impossible. Really far away. If it's like really far away and they're like, oh yeah. It's Neptune yeah. size. It's like further than we thought, and it's actually like bigger than Jupiter. Yeah. Well, then we might be in trouble. That could be a world-ending event because then it pulls us off our orbit slightly and then kills us all. But I mean, ten thousand <laughs> years from now, I mean that's that's pretty far. That's, yeah, that's their problem. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. 
And who knows? They might have the technology just to blow it up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just redirect just, it. Just just send it back where it came from. Yeah, just be like, nope. <laughs> or just nuke it out of orbit. Yeah, exactly. Just nuke it. Nuke it so much that it just all falls apart. Yeah, I love that uh, Neptune, fragments of Neptune-sized planet, you know, barreling into Earth. That'll be great. I know, right? But it is a, if it's a gas giant, it wouldn't be that many fragments. No, but it'll still have a core. And if it's that big, the core's probably sizable as well. Yeah, but then, you know, we've got... The t- we have the technology now to blow shit like that up. <laughs> I mean, 10,000 years, I feel like they're going to have a better way to redirect planets rather than blow them up. Yeah, it may... Star Wars, Death Star laser, pew, boom. The amount of shrapnel that would cause, like, that would actually be a logistical nightmare to handle. No, would the it? Fallout. Yes, it would. Mate, it hit, our, it hit the atmosphere and burn up. It, not all rocks burn up completely in the atmosphere. Yeah, but they won't be big enough to, like, do extreme damage Are to the Are you sure about that? Because we're assuming the laser that cores a planet... But would have lasers on would have lasers on the ground too. So you have, have the big laser the that blows up, up the planet, well, and I then feel you have like little it, lasers on the planets it, blowing up the bigger rocks that come. It's from more the likely that we'll have some kind of orbital shield that just like surrounds the planet. Stellar platform. would wouldn't that be more detrimental though? Unless it's like, unless, well, it wouldn't be always running. You I don't know. If there was a planetary shield, but wouldn't that be detrimental to the atmosphere when the... has, what atmosphere? It's Ten thousand years in the future, there is no atmosphere. Oh wow! Yeah, we've we've killed the Earth that much that it has no atmosphere yeah, now. It's we just had like to create rock. an artificial keep the atmosphere in shield. That's what the shield's there for. It's not to stop debris. It's to prevent our atmosphere from escaping. Yeah, but if I remember... If I remember correctly, the atmosphere is actually helped by the off-charges from the sun. Like, in the... It's a a see-through shield. It's not a... It's like a force field around the planet. Well... You mean the magnetosphere? Rocks will just bounce off that. No. If we're, if we're going to blow up, if we're going to blow up a planet like that, that's going to intercept. I mean, think about hail, but every hailstone is like a watermelon-sized chunk of rock. Like yeah, that. but who's... Yeah, you're not going to do it while it's right next to Earth, inside Earth's orbit, are you? You're going to be doing it, like, while it's far out. Yeah, but if you're going to blow it up with a Death Star-style laser, <laughs> there's going to be, you know, shrapnel flying everywhere. There will yeah. be no. There will be. There will be a non-trivial amount of non-insignificant shrapnel in the air, or yeah. in the space rather, and not all of it will go in a way that you expect. Yeah, and who cares if it comes near Earth? By the time, it, like at the end of the day, you'd be able to blow it up even more. Look, there's a lot of hypotheticals here. Hypothetically, this planet exists. Hypothetically, it's going to intersect with Earth's orbit 10,000 years in the future. Well, it's not really... Um, yeah, but hypothetically, it's... we're going to have Death Star-style technology. <laughs> and hypothetically, hey, we're going to want to blow it up. 10,000 years in a year. But again, well, it's not like the whole, the whole idea of Planet X technology. isn't completely impossible. 
it's actually pretty much cert. Like from from Batjins and Brown's paper, it's pretty much certain because how it's else like, yeah, do you explain all the other something's got to be out there? Yeah, something's got to be there that's causing all these irregularities in the ETNOs. But you know, it's it's again, like you said, it's like so far out there that it's like who knows, who cares? It's not going to affect us. So it's it's cool to think about though. It's a, it's a good thought exercise, and it gives astronomers something to do. But, oh yeah, it totally gives them uh, something to get paid for. <laughs> I really, I really don't think that it's got any significant consequences. Based, I mean, it, it's cool, and it's, it'd be a good breakthrough yeah. for the uh, the uh, astronomy sector. Yeah, but like in how it affects the advancement of us is oh, it doesn't affect special. us at all. Like, not yet. Maybe in the far future we might be affected by it. But at, we need to know about moment, it. We aren't unless affected. it has aliens. Who knows? Could yeah, we need to learn as much as we can about it so that we know exactly how to blow it up. How much power... That's, that's the alien observation-based, guys. Because so far away, they're like, ha, they won't find us here. Why don't we just nuke it now, then? Just send some <laughs> nukes out there, and then 10,000... They don't know where it is. A random nuke thrown into the vacuum of space. This will surely not come to bite us in the ass. <laughs> Why? Stop it, one! Years later. Yeah. yeah, sends you out hundreds of nukes. Next the thing you know, time? like twenty years later, they come back <laughs> <laughs> with a note. <laughs> Not even with a note, they just come back and like riddle the planet with nuke, nuclear waste because they blow up because they're still functional somehow. Nukes can survive. I mean, space, can't they? They, they, I don't they know. can. They can. They can more than likely survive space. Uh, because the detonators are all mechanical in nature. Yes, some are, some are week. actually like electronic, but yeah, we mostly could send one out with just a, a with a mechanical drive where it's like, hey, once it is finally stopped, it'll detonate. Yeah, once it hits mm-hmm. something, boom. So the problem just comes is, back to us. would the primer and the secondary explosion explosives that then propel the two fissile pieces of material together? Would those still be valid after all that time and space? No uh, idea. No idea. Well, luckily yeah, for us, that... it's our distant, distant descendants that are going to have to figure out what to do with Planet X when it eventually. And, with... <laughs> and honestly, and with honestly, the way we're going, maybe none of us will have to ever deal with it because we would have killed ourselves out already. Like that's in my mm. mind, that's more likely. 